Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new, original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's hottest podcast network. This is News Fighters the news so you don't have to with Dylan Behan. Yes, hello fighters. Welcome to News Fighters for today. Friday, the 28th of May, 2021. News Fighters is a comedic look at the big stories of the week in Australian news, media and politics. Presented by me, renowned sarcastic news junkie video editor Dylan Bain. Happy Friday, everyone. What a big week in news. The app is out later this week because we've just heard breaking news out of New South Wales. The Labor leader, Jodie Mackay, has just resigned literally an hour before I recorded this. So stick around. We're going to have all the latest in New South Wales politics, including the Upper Hunter by-election result. But first... To Victoria. Tonight, lockdown again. Victoria plunged into its fourth lockdown at this stage for seven days. In a few hours, Victoria will be back in lockdown for an unprecedented fourth time. We need to have this circuit breaker lockdown. We know that it works. We know that it makes a difference. Yes, thanks, Dictator Dan's deputy, Dictator James, Dictator Jim. Whatever your name is, it just, it just doesn't sound as strong as Dictator Dan, does it? Yes, Victoria is going into lockdown number four. Coincidentally, lockdown number four, also the name of my second least favourite, Lou Bega song. As usual, at the first whiff of a lockdown, everyone decided this was the perfect time to hit the road and unselfishly spread themselves around the rest of Australia. Sydney Airport was a hive of lockdown dodges. This is about the fourth time I think I've done a runner out of Melbourne. <laughs> So for work. We said bye to the family, enjoy your lockdown, and um, yeah, we're gone. <laughs> what would you say to the rest of us all stuck here? Enjoy lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast, border runners. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has proved that she's the Dua Lipa of Australian politics because she's got some new rules. Anyone leaving Victoria after 4pm and arriving in New South Wales will now have to abide by the lockdown and mirror the rules in Victoria until June the 3rd. Come to Sydney 
and pretend it's Melbourne. Yes, come to Sydney and pretend it's Melbourne. Though, let's face it, it's, it's a bit more like come to Sydney and pretend it's Sydney, though. If you're going to be locked inside for seven days just watching Netflix and getting lots of food deliveries, that really is how Sydney ciders live. Because that's all we do anymore since the since the lockout laws and because of our, our shit public transport and our massive mortgages. Maybe the New South Wales government should sell this as the uh, ultimate Sydney winter travel experience. Come to Sydney and isolate inside for seven days, just like we all do about eight months of the year while the beaches aren't very nice. Now, I know what our uh, overseas listeners are probably saying. Why? Why the hell? Is Australia locking down again? Surely the uh, vaccine rollout is going so well, uh, you don't have to do that. (laughs) Nope. But we're still lagging. 78th in the world for jab levels. That's behind Colombia and Kazakhstan. So we have to scroll down past all these other countries, past Azerbaijan, Bulgaria, Jordan, Colombia, Kazakhstan, Equatorial Guinea, Tonga, Macau, Albania, El Salvador. And there we are right down that list. And there we are 2% of our population have been fully vaccinated. Less than a quarter of the 26,000 people with a disability living in residential care have been vaccinated. Some in aged care are yet to be offered their first vaccine dose. What the hell has this government been doing the last six months? We've had zero COVID in the country, and instead of vaccinating everyone vulnerable in aged and disability care, the government's just been wanking on desks. Literally. And Victoria is squarely blaming the federal government. According to the Victorian Acting Premier, the state's crisis is the fault of the sluggish vaccine rollout. If we had the Commonwealth's vaccine program effectively rolled out, we may well not be here today uh, talking about these circuit breaker restrictions that we must impose. The Prime Minister brushed away the suggestion. The vaccines are there. Make a booking. Talk to your doctor. Please get vaccinated. Thanks very much, everyone. And then there's been confusing messaging from government ministers about vaccine options. People 50 and over are being encouraged to go with the plentiful supplies of AstraZeneca. But earlier this week, the health minister said those who were hesitant had other options. As supply uh, increases later on in the year, there will be enough vaccine of mRNA vaccines for every Australian. Which has led like boomer vaccine snobs to be like, well, why would I get a life-saving vaccine now when I can just wait five months and get a different brand of of life-saving vaccine? I mean, we've got no COVID here. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm just going to Google how uh, Taiwan and Singapore are going. (laughs) What? Yes, that wasn't a sound effect. I literally sprayed water all over my apartment just then. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Labor's been having... uh, Some confusing messaging of its own. Vaccinations is essential. Hang on, I thought the word vaccinations was plural. That sounds a bit like saying uh, dogs is my friend or politicians is smart. Just sounds weird on so many levels. So our leaders here in Australia might be looking a bit confused, overly optimistic and lazy when it comes to our COVID response, but oh boy... At least they're not as incompetent and arrogant as Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson's former right-hand man has spectacularly turned on the PM during an inquiry investigating the UK government's handling of the pandemic. Dominic Cummings gave explosive evidence claiming the Prime Minister considered being injected with coronavirus on live TV. 
Appearing before a British parliamentary committee, he claimed Boris Johnson thought COVID was a scare story, was willing to be injected with coronavirus on TV, and part of his office was more worried about media coverage of the Prime Minister's girlfriend and their dog. I think a problem I'm noticing with uh, democracies now is when they do elect arrogant know-it-all, incompetent snake-all salesmen with no skills... They kind of feel like they have to take ownership over it. They're almost too afraid to admit they made a mistake because then it makes them look bad. Meanwhile, in Australia, our vaccine rollout is literally behind Kazakhstan. And our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is trying to convince us everything is going very nice, very nice. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, moving on. There's nothing more we love covering on Newsfighters than a completely expected state by-election result. Political miracle. The Nationals reclaim the upper hunter in a shock by-election win. The New South Wales Coalition government has claimed victory in a crucial state by-election. The New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barillaro has declared the Nats are back. Yes, in New South Wales, the Conservative Rural National Party triumphed in a state by-election. Rewinning a seat they've always won in a coal mining area north of Sydney. But hang on, why is the media saying that an incumbent reclaiming a safe seat is a miracle? By-elections usually see swings against governments, and this was a coalition in its third term trying to hold a seat vacated by a Nationals MP who was accused of sexual assault and sending lewd texts in Parliament. That's despite government scandals exposing several weak spots, including the mismanagement of workers' compensation scheme iCare, the Premier's bombshell at ICAC about a relationship with disgraced MP Darren Maguire, a separate corruption inquiry into Dremoyne MP John Sidoti, two police investigations, one into departed National Michael Johnson, the other former Minister Gareth Ward, the pork barrelling of a quarter of a billion dollar council grants scheme, an internal war over koala planning protections and a slanging match between two senior ministers over the federal seat of Eden Monero. So given all those controversies and a drop in the Nationals' primary vote, the media is of course focused on what's wrong with the Labor Party. The state Labor Party is at war tonight. Jody McKay tonight digging in as leader, attempting to ignore severe unrest within her party. Labor's leader feels the heat. New South Wales Labor leader Jody McKay is facing increasing pressure to step down after her party's by-election loss on the weekend. Yes, despite there only being a 3% swing against Labor after preferences in the middle of a once-in-a-century pandemic in a seat they had no chance of winning... At the end of a long week, Labor leader Jodie Mackay stepped down from the leadership. Jodie Mackay has resigned as New South Wales Labor leader. She'd been under increasing pressure to stand down after Labor's poor showing in the upper Hunter by-election. Ms Mackay says she made her decision despite the support of the party caucus. And she also blamed those within New South Wales Labor who never accepted her leadership. I have spent the last six days 
reflecting on how to achieve unity. And I have decided that this offers the party the best opportunity to heal and to move forward. But there also has to be a future where there is no destabilising of the party's leader from within. Yes, once again, the faceless men of the Labour Party undermine their female leader to the point where she quits before even getting to face an election. And this is the party without the woman problem. Earlier in the week, Jodie Mackay was holding firm, saying, well, I might not be popular, but, you know, please. Am am I, you know, perhaps not as popular as Gladys Berejiklian? Yes. But for me, popularity is not what's important. Yeah, popularity isn't important in a democracy and until you look up how a d- democracy works. Jody, it's literally a popularity contest. State Nationals leader John Barillaro also weighed in on Labor's loss. You can't just replace the, the jockey. The horse is broken. I'm sorry, what does that mean? Is is the Labor Party the horse? How do you replace a horse? Are you saying everyone in the Labor Party should be taken to a glue factory? I, re- I really don't follow that analogy. Government Transport Minister Andrew Constance also couldn't resist taking the whip to the horse. She's indicated she's got to do some soul searching. Well, you've got to have a soul. And that's a big call coming from the guy in the party who literally stripped away the soul of Sydney with our lockout laws, raised housing prices for young people and made public transport so expensive that nobody wants to leave the house. Federal Labor leader Anthony Albanese also had his opinion on the by-election result. Let's get a bit of perspective here, quite frankly. This is a seat that Labor has not held in the last nine decades at any time, at any time whatsoever. Nine decades is also how long it feels since Labor has been in power. Okay, so with Jodie Mackay having fallen off the horse, who's next in line to be the new jockey? Two-time leadership candidate Chris Minns, Shadow Health Minister Ryan Park and former leader Michael Daly, all seen as potential replacements. Yeah, I'm sorry, Michael Daly, who lost the state election in 2019. I covered that election in depth on News Fighters, and the only thing I can remember about that guy is that he once ate a pie. Eating a lucky pie for breakfast at a local shop. He opted for his usual fortifying election breakfast, a pie and strawberry milk. A pie and strawberry milk. I'm here having my uh, lucky pie. What pie are you having, Mr Daly? Just a plain pie with a strawberry milk. Nice. For 30 years, has had a lucky pie, no sauce. Plain beef, no sauce. How are you feeling? Confident? terrific to have my lucky pie. Anyways, this terrible buy election result isn't just washing up in state politics. Federal Hunter Valley Labor MP Joel Fitzgibbon says Labor needs to do more to support coal. And in places like the Hunter region, of course, you can't have jobs and job security if you're not clearly in support uh, of the coal mining industry. It's important to so many families and, you know, they're suspicious of us, Nat. We've said we support them, but we're whispering it. Uh, We need to be very loud and clear about that. Yes, Labor needs to support more coal like the Nationals did, who won the seat. I mean, the Nationals love coal and coal miners. That's why they're always talking up their unwavering support for nuclear energy. John Barillaro has long championed the benefits of nuclear power. Uranium mining and nuclear energy should be part of Australia's economic future, let alone energy future. The man who chairs today's nuclear parliamentarian Round table was the Nationals MP Barnaby Joyce. If you seriously want zero emissions, if that's what knocks you out, if that's what blows your hair back, well then nuclear power 
is where you're going to have to go. You and your National Senate colleagues and Barnaby Joyce have made it clear you won't vote for the clean energy fund legislation unless nuclear power is included. We should start looking at nuclear. It is a cheap, reliable source of energy. The only political party to stick its head up on this issue is the National Party. The National yep. Party is 100% behind this and we hope our coalition partners will follow us. Yeah, coal miners, how do you like the sound of that? To me, it sounds a bit like the Nationals want you to lose your job so we can have a, a modular nuclear reactor on every street corner, but that's just me. A National Senator, Matt Canavan, who I learned this week is only 40 years old, time to change that skincare routine, Matt. He loves nuclear energy because it's so much safer than those pesky renewables. Overall, nuclear has been an incredibly safe technology. Uh, people die installing solar panels on roofs. Yes, the Nationals want us to have a serious look at nuclear power because, you know, power stations never explode out of nowhere. Sorry, what's that, Queensland? An explosion at a major power station in central Queensland has caused widespread outages across the state, affecting hundreds of thousands of customers. Approximately 1.45, a fire occurred in one of the turbine halls. Look, say what you will about windmills, but I've never heard of an exploding windmill getting its own HBO miniseries. So in conclusion, the Nationals are winning elections everywhere by portraying themselves as being the friends of coal miners, all the while lobbying for coal to be replaced by nuclear energy because that sounds like a much safer option. Meanwhile, battery technology is getting better and better. Wind and sunshine are, last time I checked, free. And unless we start investing in renewables soon, I feel like this could be humanity's last nine decades. All right, that's News Fighters for today, May the 28th, 2021. Hope you enjoyed all the state by-election hilarity. News Fighters is written, presented, and produced by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. Now, tune in next week as I have China correspondent for the Australian Financial Review and a guy who was unceremoniously ushered out of China late last year, Michael Smith. He's stopping by to give us an update on the situation in China and talk about his new book, The Last correspondent. Also next week I'll be releasing our May bonus episode of Outtakes and Behind the Scenes Banter on Sans Pants Plus and at our new Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Don't forget to hit follow on your podcasting apps and sign up for our new newsletter at newsfighters.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. Alright, that's it for this week. Keep fighting, and bye for now. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. Please get vaccinated. Thanks very much, everyone.